0: Welcome to the Retirement Made Easy podcast. I'm your host, Greg Gonzalez. My goal for the podcast is to help you live a better life in retirement by giving you the tools and information you need in a language that you can understand. On this week's episode, we're going to be talking about the risk of bonds in your portfolio as interest rates continue to rise. I'll also give you a very specific example of the bond index that's out there, how it's doing so far in 2022, why it's lost over 10% at this point, and why some bond investors are running for the exits. So we'll talk about that on today's episode. And then in the second segment of today's episode, I wanted to talk about a case study. I'll keep it anonymous, but this is Some consulting work I was doing for a pre-retiree out there, actually a listener of the podcast, and now a new client, but I want to kind of share their story while keeping it anonymous and just talking about the questions that they had, the specific questions they had as they were looking forward at retirement and saying, am I on track Should we be saving more? Those kinds of questions. And my sole purpose for sharing this story, this case study example, is so our listeners can benefit. I want our listeners to have fantastic, planned out retirements. When I share this story, there are bits and pieces that you can all take and learn from and apply to your own retirement planning. And what I mean by that is typically when I'm evaluating somebody's retirement plan, there's always gaps that I find. So typically what we do is we identify those gaps as a step number one, and then find a way to eliminate those gaps from somebody's plan altogether. So that'll be the second segment of the show as we get into a case study of the consulting work I did this past week. Before we get into today's episode, I wanted to remind listeners to check out our website, retirementmadeeasypodcast.com. It's a website full of previous episodes that you can enjoy. And there are also resources, free resources that I have that I make available to all my listeners. You can download them right there. I will point out my retirement secret sauce is the most downloaded piece, as well as my three steps to a retirement process. Number one, a blueprint to a dream retirement. Number two, our budgeting tool, which will tell you how much you're going to need as far as income-wise in retirement. And number three, putting it all together, the retirement action plan. So check out those underneath the resources tab of the website, retirementmadeeasypodcast.com. All right, let's jump in to today's episode. I wanted to talk about first on this week's episode about the risk of bonds. And there's a lot of bond index funds. You can buy bonds individually. And certainly there's mutual funds that hold bonds in them. And what people don't realize, I think, when they think of a bond, they think safety. Some people think that bonds have principal protection, meaning your principal is not going to fluctuate really that much. And there's a lot of people out there that own bonds in their 401ks or other retirement accounts. Maybe they have a bond mutual fund or bond index fund in their 401k. And I review these allocations in people's 401ks all the time, probably on a weekly basis, if not on a daily basis. And what I'm finding more and more is that people are concerned about these bond mutual fund or bond index funds that they own in their 401k or their IRAs, and they don't understand why they're down, why they're losing value. And if, for example, let's take the Fidelity bond, U.S. bond index fund, and as of the end of the second quarter, June 30th, this fund, this particular bond index fund was down over 10%, about 10 and a quarter percent. And I've had a lot of people reach out, some listeners of the podcast, some clients that may own these bond index funds like this, and they're saying, how can this bond, this safe or conservative Fixed income fund, how can it be down? How can it lose value? And the main reason in 2022 that these bond index funds or or bond mutual funds are losing value is because interest rates are rising. So bond prices are going down. So let's first back up and explain what a bond is. Let's take a corporate bond, for example, and let's kind of explain how it works. Let's say you buy a McDonald's corporate bond and it costs you $10,000. That means you're essentially loaning $10,000 to McDonald's, and they're paying you an interest for 10 years. Let's say the interest rate is 2%. So that means they're paying you $200 in interest every year, and at the end of the 10th year, when your bond matures, they give you back your $10,000. That's the idea behind a bond. Why you own it is you're getting an interest or a coupon payment is what they call it. So a bond index is just going to be a collection of all these different bonds that are out there. So how do they lose money? Well, let's take, for example, my McDonald's bond that I mentioned. Let's say my wife buys a $10,000 McDonald's corporate bond, and it pays a 2% interest. So that's 200 bucks a year. Let's say that interest rates dramatically rise like they have in 2022, And now you can buy a new McDonald's bond that pays a 4% interest rate. And my wife owns her old McDonald's bond that only pays a 2% interest rate. And she comes to me and says, Greg, don't buy a new McDonald's bond that pays 4%. I want to get rid of mine that is only paying a 2% interest rate. Well, I would think to myself, and I'd have to be crazy to give her a full $10,000, which is what she paid for her bond a couple of years ago, I would be a fool to pay $10,000 for that same bond when I can buy a new McDonald's bond that pays me double the interest. So I may offer my wife, I may say, hey, I'll give you $7,000 or $8,000 for your McDonald's bond because I'd rather buy a brand new one for $10,000 that pays me 4% interest instead of the 2% that you're getting. So what happened to her bond that she owns is it lost value because people are willing to pay less for her $10,000 bond because interest rates went up and they'd rather buy a new bond somewhere else. Maybe it's not a McDonald's bond. Maybe it's an AT&T bond that's paying a higher interest rate than what she's locked in at the 2%. So I know that's a very simplified example, but hopefully it makes sense. And as interest rates continue to rise, bond prices go down. So if you own bond mutual funds, bond index funds, guess what? As interest rates go up, that's bad news for these bond index funds, bond mutual funds, because the prices are going to go down. So bonds can be very, very Risky in a rising interest rate environment. And why is the Fed raising interest rates like they are? Because they're trying to get inflation under control. Any economist out there will tell you if you want inflation to go down, you have to increase interest rates. And that's exactly what the Fed is doing and very aggressively. So, For all bond investors out there, bond mutual fund or index fund investors out there, you want to be very cautious and you might want to evaluate your investment portfolio to see what kind of risk you have in your portfolio as interest rates continue to rise and rise and rise. That's bad news for bond prices. The good news is, is there's bond alternatives out there that are paying a lot higher interest rates through CDs and fixed annuities. And as interest rates continue to rise and rise, those are going to become more attractive and they might be an appropriate addition to your portfolio. For example, if I can find something that's guaranteed to pay me 45 or 5%, that's a whole different conversation that we want to be having, and that might move us to replace our bond index funds and mutual funds with some of these other alternatives. So I hope that discussion on bond mutual funds, bond index funds, kind of helps explain why the Fidelity U.S. Bond Index Fund is down over 10% at the end of the second quarter of 2022. All right, let's jump ahead. In the next segment of the show, I wanted to talk about this consulting business that I've been doing for a new client that was very serious about retirement planning. In fact, wanted to retire within the next year. And it was a couple. It was a husband and wife. In fact, the husband thought, "Okay, we're going to be good. We're going to be on track. The wife thought, "Okay, we've had a big market pullback in 2022. This is a midterm election year. This has been a very volatile year, and she was concerned that due to the portfolio losses that they'd experienced so far in 2022, that they may need to push off their retirement because they couldn't afford to retire with the portfolio values that they had here in the summer of 2022. Now, she said that around November and December of 2021, when the market was hitting all-time highs, that kind of thing, she was like ready to retire, she was in a great mood, and then all of a sudden we had this market setback, and she was just very, very concerned. Her other big concern was if they retired this year, she wouldn't yet be 59 and a half, and she was concerned about the 10% early withdrawal penalty that she might face if she took distributions from her retirement accounts, like her 401k and IRAs. The other thing is they had no idea how much health insurance would cost. In fact, they hadn't really put a whole lot of thought into it. And when I asked them how much ballpark they think it might cost every month for good health insurance, they said, well, probably maybe $400 a month each. That's what they estimated. The other thing that they were really concerned about is they couldn't conceptualize, okay, how are we going to get income out of our 401ks to live on every month and really pay our bills? They knew their 401ks were invested in a combination of company stock and mutual funds, but they just couldn't conceptualize. They didn't know how you start taking income out of this 401k once you retire, And the last thing was, is that they were terrible at budgeting. Neither one of them could finish a monthly budget. And they said some months are more expensive than others because we want to do traveling. And it's very difficult to kind of nail down how much we're going to spend in retirement. So there's a lot going on here. And the first step that we took was to say, okay, how much are you guys spending every month? And if you've listened to this podcast for any length of time, you know, there's a lot of ways you can go about this. One of the simplest ways is let's look at your take-home pay. So some people look at their W-2, some people look at their pay stubs. Let's figure out, okay, on an annualized basis or monthly basis, what is our take-home pay? And if you have a bunch of credit card debt, that is an indication that your spending exceeds your take-home pay. If you don't have credit card debt, there's some people that are actually saving their paycheck and and what's happening is their emergency fund at the bank or credit union is stacking up. The old saying, they're living on less than they make. So that was our first step. For this couple, it just made sense because they could pull up their pay stubs on their phones, look at it and say, okay, our take-home pay year-to-date is X and our average monthly take-home pay is Y. So my question to them was... Do you anticipate in retirement having expenses on top of your take-home pay? Or is that a pretty good gauge of kind of what you spend? And they were kind of saying, okay, we might need a little more for traveling. And I brought up the fact, okay, you're going to have health insurance on top of that. So that's something that we want to account for. So this couple, again, they weren't very good at putting together a budget, but if you're one of those people that likes to operate off of a budget like I do, check out my step two of the retirement planning process. It's on my website, retirementmadeeasypodcast.com. That's the budgeting tool, and you can download that and use it to see how much you want to spend every month in retirement. So the next thing that we tried to accomplish was to figure out, okay, what's their retirement number? How much are they going to need to have saved for the retirement that they wanted? And after kind of crunching the numbers, we came out with, okay, they're going to need about $1.6 million with a $40,000 emergency fund to support their retirement, the retirement of their dreams. So looking at the numbers, even after this big market pullback that we've experienced in 2022, they're pretty close. They're right on the edge, right on the fence of being able to retire. But like any plan, I said, any retirement plan, there's always seems to be some gaps. Sometimes they're small gaps, sometimes there's multiple bigger gaps. One of the gaps that we found was in their 401k, and the husband's 401k, 30% of the portfolio in his 401k was in the company stock. That was a really easy fix. His company stock actually didn't pay a dividend, so it wouldn't produce any income for them in retirement. People like in retirement to live off the interest and dividends, if at all possible. And if your company stock doesn't pay a dividend, that might be a problem. And this is a lesson for a lot of people that want to retire before 59 and a half and are concerned about that 10% early withdrawal penalty. This couple, this husband and wife, they work for different companies, but they both had 401Ks. And as long as you retire between 55 and 59 and a half from your company, and you leave your investments in your 401K, you can take withdrawals out of that 401K until you're 59 and a half, without that 10% early withdrawal penalty. However, you cannot roll that 401k, let's say you retire at 58, you roll your 401k over to a rollover IRA. If you would then take withdrawals or distributions from that rollover IRA, you would pay a 10% early withdrawal penalty because you're not yet 59 and a half. So for this couple, they were at least 55 years old, both of them. So they would be able to leave the money in the 401ks and take distributions from those 401ks without that 10% penalty. So that was a worry that they didn't need to be worried about. And it was just because they were not familiar with the 401k rules. There's a lot of listeners out there that might be able to benefit from that tip. So keep that in mind. Now, they both did have Roth 401ks, and I talked about that. At some point, you're going to want to roll that Roth 401k to a Roth IRA, because if you leave the money in a Roth 401k, when you turn 72, you would have required minimum distributions from that Roth 401k but you would not have required minimum distributions from your Roth IRA, meaning you would never have to touch it. The next thing that we wanted to get a handle on was the cost of health insurance. In my experience, health insurance is the number one reason people push off retirement until 65 when they're eligible for Medicare. For other people, if they retire before 65, they've got a couple different options for health insurance. This couple, for example, thought, you know, the cost of health insurance may be $400 each per month. Well, it turned out their COBRA was around $800 a month for the husband and pretty close to that for the wife as well. They were on their own company's health insurance. And again, that COBRA is only good for 18 months. So you're going to need something after that, and that's something you got to plan for. Maybe it's private health insurance. Maybe it's the healthcare exchange through Obamacare. So we kind of got a game plan together for, okay, what's your health insurance going to look like? What's our plan for health insurance to get you to 65 if you do retire in the next 12 months? And I remember them in our conversations admitting saying, "Gosh, we were way off base with thinking health insurance was only going to be four hundred dollars a month, but we've never retired before. but fortunately, I have helped dozens and dozens and dozens of people retire, so I know what to look out for and this was one of the gaps in their plan was of course health insurance. The other thing that we figured out was what rate of return they need absolutely need from their investments for the next 30 years for their retirement to be a success. And what we found was they needed a 4.5% rate of return. They were still okay at 4%, but anything less than that, it wasn't going to cut it. And they told me that bit of information was the best information that I provided them of anything else. So that was pretty cool. They needed a four and a half percent rate of return. And the last big concern that this couple had was they had no idea and they couldn't wrap their heads around how you get income out of the investments in your 401k. And they had some IRAs and Roth IRAs as well. So what did we do? We pieced together the bucket strategy Check out those episodes for the bucket strategy on my podcast if you haven't already. Three simple buckets that we break somebody's portfolio up into. Bucket number one is your emergency fund. For this couple, that was $40,000. Bucket number two was our income bucket. That solved for the income that we needed for this couple until their social security kicked in down the road. At that point... When Social Security changed, bucket number two is also going to pivot. It's also going to change because the income that we need from bucket number two is not as much because then we've got income coming in from, you got it, Social Security. Bucket number three was kind of what we call the long-term growth bucket or inflation bucket because guess what? The number one risk of retirees is healthcare expenses, inflation, the cost of living going up every single year. I have talked about the rising cost of living and how it impacts retirees probably on countless episodes, but I will say it again, the rising cost of living or inflation is one of the biggest risks that you'll face in retirement. And that's what bucket number three is for. We're trying to exceed, we're trying to get growth that will consistently exceed the rising cost of living. That's the job, if you will, of bucket number three. Whereas bucket number two is income. So the sole purpose of bucket number two is producing income through dividends, interest, that kind of thing. Dave Ramsey uses a simple story of if you have a goose that lays the golden eggs? Well, you live on the golden eggs. You don't want to kill the goose. That's your principle. The goose is your principle. You want to live off of the golden eggs. That's the idea behind bucket number two. So I want you, the listener, to think about the gaps that exist in your retirement plan. Believe me, they're there. They are in every retirement plan I've ever reviewed. And I'm not trying to give people a hard time at all. I point these gaps out because I want someone to be successful. I want all these listeners to have a successful retirement. That's why I created the Retirement Made Easy podcast, so you can have a better future in retirement. If you have questions that I can help with, go to my website, retirementmadeeasypodcast.com. Also, for those listeners that are interested in a 30-minute free retirement coaching call, At the bottom of the website where it says, Ask Greg a Question, just type in your name, phone number, and say, hey, I'm interested in that 30-minute retirement coaching call. How do I get on your calendar? So right there at the bottom of the website, Ask Greg a Question. I hope this episode has been helpful. Again, love getting listener questions. Keep sending those in. We'll see you next week. And remember, always dream big. Are unmanaged and may not be invested into directly. The Smart Vester program is a directory of investment professionals. Neither Dave Ramsey nor Smart Vester are affiliates of St. Louis Retirement Advisors or LPL Financial. There is no guarantee that a diversified portfolio will enhance overall returns or outperform a non diversified portfolio. Diversification does not protect against market risk. All investing involves risk, including loss of principal. No st- strategy assures success or protects against loss. Securities and advisory services offered through LPL Financial, a registered investment advisor, Memra Finra, SIPC.